welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy. I'm here today with Amy Oztan of Amy Ever After. Hi. Hello. And Andrea Smith, our technology guru extraordinaire. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Today on the show, we are talking about the census, which I think we would have talked about earlier had we not had the pandemic, <laughs> but because, uh, you know, it was like back in April that everyone was supposed to do the census and now it's fallen behind and the response rate is terrible and everyone needs to get on this and do the census. And we're going to tell you today why the census is important, but also have some really cool resources. Um, we have actually someone from the census and we have a teacher joining us who are both going to talk to us about these incredible resources that the Census Bureau has developed for teachers that now are for parents, because guess what? Parents <laughs> We're are the teachers. teachers. <laughs> yep. um, so these are incredible resources for teaching your kid all about why the census is important, how the census is done, and for you as parents as well to understand why the census is important and why the census is done. You cannot believe the amount of things it impacts um, for your family, your neighborhood, your city, your state, everything. It is all about representation and funding. And I think we've all learned uh, in the past few months how important that is. Yeah. So we will be right back with Victoria Glazier and Lem Wheelies to talk about the census. We are back with Census Bureau Chief of Statistics and Schools, Victoria Glazier, and Diamond High School teacher, Lem Wheelies from Anchorage, Alaska. Thank you both for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Um, we have actually, Amy and I have been talking about the census for a while. We were part of a group of sort of parent influencers trying to get the word out about the census because um, unfortunately, so few people are responding to the census. <laughs> I think it coincided with COVID um, and, and sort of got lost. And a lot of people I know in the New York area left and never did their census and forgot about it. So. Thank you both for joining us today. I mean, I really would love to start with just telling parents why it is so important that they fill out the census. Sure. So the census is important because we need to have an accurate count of who lives in our country and where they live. Um, and there are, there are things affected by census counts that I think a lot of people aren't aware of. I wasn't aware of until we really got into it. So things like schools, reduced lunches, health programs, roads, hospitals, everything that you really use in your community, get supplemental funding from the government based on how many people live where you live. So if we don't have an accurate count, then there'll be services that maybe are not fully funded. And I think in terms, I have a 17-year-old daughter, I think in terms of like, okay, 10 years ago, she was six or seven. And, and if my community was not accurately counted, there could be a whole array of things that she needed over these last 10 years, the resources that we used. Um, one of our, our big areas of, of people not being aware that counting children and babies is so important. So I just give that example to show like, wow, 10 years from now, that baby is going to be like maybe going into high school or middle school. So it's just really important that we get everybody counted so the, the funding goes to the communities correctly. 
And I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize. Like when I was filling it out, I noticed there was a section reminding you, like, are you sure there was no baby staying with you on April 1st? Like, I think a lot of people who might not have the same people living with them all year don't realize that it's really just a snapshot of where everybody is on April 1st. Exactly. Yeah, I think what people really don't realize is how funding happens in this country. Um, You know, I don't think maybe people realize that your like district can be redrawn. I mean, that's true, right? Like how many representatives you have. um, That's like, that's really important. I mean, this is not some random thing the government thought up. This is in our constitution, this need to do a census. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And the representation, I mean, that's a huge part of it that, you know, being represented for future laws and other things going on in Congress, that that will be based on having a, a complete census. So just so many reasons to to fill it out for your community, for your future, for your kids. Do you feel like some of the hesitation for people not wanting to fill it out um, could stem from either privacy? You know, people are a lot more aware of privacy issues and not wanting to share information or people who might be here illegally and not wanting to make that known? Sure. I think I think that's kind of the way our society is going anyway. It just there's, there's distrust and, and we're working really hard. We have, you know, just the other day I saw a billboard. We have hundreds of partnership specialists that are working with churches and schools and, and I think we're we're hundreds and hundreds and thousands actually across the country of partners trying to get trusted voices to explain to people that that you can trust the census. It is safe. It's secure. It's not going to be shared with anybody. So it's really statistics in schools, which I'm talking about, is one effort to get the word out that it's safe and it's important. So, Lem, I'd like to talk to you about the tools that were sort of created for schools to teach kids about the census, which you as a teacher were going to implement, and now are these really cool online toolkits for parents to be doing that educating, I guess, as parents have been doing since you know March and April. Um, but we know parents are actually kind of desperate for material to help, you know, with their kids this summer. What should parents be looking at when they want to teach kids about the census? Well, I think the most important lesson is just helping their children understand what the census is and why we do it. And so the statistics in schools program uh, has developed these parent toolkits um, and there's pre-K, elementary, middle school, high school level uh, activities. Some of them are short you know, can be done in three to five minutes. Some of them are longer activities that might take 45 minutes or an hour uh, where parents can engage their children with information about the census, uh, statistics that the Census Bureau has gathered through their various programs, um, you know, and help help children to understand why it's important to be counted. Uh, one of the things that I did with my own children um, is we took the census together as a family. And with the census being online this year for the first time, um, it was cool to be able to sit there. And um, as we entered each person's information, I let my 11-year-old and 14-year-old fill out their own part of the census <laughs> with their information. Okay, now I feel bad for not having my kids fill out their parts. I just did everybody's. But that is a really cool activity. 
I felt bad because I waited to do it. I waited to do it so that I could do it when the kids were home. And then it was like, okay, well, now we're behind. <laughs> we got it done. And it's not too late. It makes me feel better that like people who actually work for the census and work with the census bureau, like they were late also. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think, you know, when you, what questions did your kids ask you? Like, was this the first time they were obviously really little, your last census, Um, you know, you're not going to tell a one-year-old all about the census, but what questions did they ask you that you were maybe surprised about or feel like, oh yeah, that's something that really matters to a kid? Well. My older daughter in particular was interested by the question of race. Uh, And we've had a little bit of discussion of that in our home and our family. Um, But she's particularly interested in, um, you know, genealogy and, you know, her heritage um, and, you know, particularly tracing some of her ancestors who came over um, in the 1600s from Wales as part of American colonization. And so, you know, she, she had some interesting questions to ask about you know, the options that are given on there as well as what she should put. And, you know, she was giving some thought to what she wanted to say as far as what her race is. Um, and that, that I think was a really interesting um, take from a teenager and, and something that I think current events also has inspired a lot of interest amongst our young people as far as, you know, what race means and what that identity really involves. That's really interesting. You know, I, I was wondering too, you know, with, COVID and and with all these kids, you know, having their school years cut short and sort of seeing, you know, maybe what their healthcare system really looks like for the first time, or, you know, if they have grandparents or people who are more at risk, you know, what that means for them. Did you talk to your kids at all about how the census translates into funding or why their schools, you know, may or may not get the best funding or the roads around you and, and how the census impacts that? Well, I sure tried to. I mean, to be <laughs> fair, an 11 and 14 year old don't really um, get super excited about knowing that $675 billion of federal funding is going to get divvied up amongst states based on this information. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I did take time to, to talk with them about that and say, you know, here's why this is important. Here's why we're taking, you know, 10, 15 minutes this evening after dinner to fill this out because, you know, I know that my kids care about their schools. They care about having good teachers. They care about the conditions and they're, you know, they're aware of that much. And, and, you know, budget cuts have impacted their schools the last few years here in Anchorage. And and that's something that is of concern to them and that they've expressed, you know, feelings about. And so I said, well, here's one of the ways that we can ensure that our city and our state and our school district get as much federal funding as possible, which helps make the things you guys like to do in school possible. And I think that was a good, you know, real life connection that they could understand, hey, there's value in this, even to me personally. So, Victoria, how can people fill out the census online? Because um, I think that's, is that new this year? Is this the first time that people can actually do it online? Yes, it is. This is the first time that we've been able to do that, which makes it so convenient. I did it online. Um, It just takes depending on how many people in your family, just five, 10 minutes, you can go to uh, www.census.gov. And it's pretty much on every page there will will be a link at the top directing you to, you know, fill out your census now. So you can just click there and and do it. I, I, my kids weren't so excited, but we did it together as a family just because I thought. It's like um, taking them to vote. You want to teach them their civic duty. (laughs) 
exactly. Well, I know that that when I did it, I actually delayed doing it by, oh, probably two months because I lost the paper that came with my special code. And then I gave up on on finding that paper. And all I had to do was like put in my address and I didn't even need the code. So if people don't have like the special code that's sent to them, it's still totally easy, right? They just go in, they put in their address, the system finds them and they can answer like normal. Yeah, exactly. And then there's a number that's highlighted if you need any help. Um, Yeah, it's, it's, I'm not hugely technologically proficient, (laughs) but it it is easy. (laughs) And what happens if somebody doesn't fill it out? Like if they just decide, oh, I, you know, I don't want to give up this info, what happens? Do they get an in-person visit? They will. So I didn't answer my census immediately. And and within like days, I already got a reminder postcard. So there's different steps. They've sent reminder postcards. They they are sending forms to some households that haven't responded. And then the end end result will be somebody will, um, an enumerator will come and visit trying to uh, encourage you to answer. So, I mean, that is one thing that we encourage people, you know, if you don't want that, that that visit, then just go online and knock it out. Yeah, I think especially now people, you know, they don't want somebody knocking on their door with, um, you know, with coronavirus out there. So it's better yeah. if you just take care of it online, and then nobody has to visit your house. If parents don't understand, what are you doing in the schools? Are you trying to help kids understand so that maybe they can go home and tell their parents what to do? Exactly. And we, we've kind of tried to develop some things to help parents as well. In addition to, to educating students and their families about why the census is so important, one of my passions is really the data that comes from it. So there are just so many interesting and cool things. And I think when people think Census Bureau, they don't always think that there's this treasure trove of information. But um, we, we offer teachers a lot of resources. And due to this um, coronavirus situation that we're all in, we have really worked to create content that, that parents can go in and help their students learn about our country. I mean, it's, it's really cool the wide array of things we have. I mean, everything from videos about why it's important to like state facts for students that you could just have your, your child go through this data tool and it will tell you all like this is how many kids in your state there are and this is how many dentist offices or ice cream shops or just really learn about what is happening in our community, in our world. How has it changed? Where are people moving in from? Where are they leaving? How how has our community changed? What languages are being spoken? There's just so many interesting tidbits and they're they're in like infographics and they're really in forms that are easy to understand. I am definitely not a statistician. I majored in journalism, but I look at some of this and I'm like, wow. I mean, just, you know, let's look at like the millennial generation and how much they've changed over the years. And, and it's just fascinating stuff. You just have to go, go to our site and try to learn a little bit about your community and world. Have you heard from any other parents? I mean, I know this has sort of been weird circumstances because everyone's been in their own little you know, house for so long, but I was surprised, I know for me, at how many people um, that I knew that hadn't filled out the census that, you know, consider themselves conscientious, informed citizens, but just kind of got the thing in the mail and tossed it aside and had other things going on 
have you found that like it's been easy to talk to other parents about the census or that people are interested? Well, I've certainly shared quite a bit on social media about it and encourage people that way. And a lot of the responses have been, oh, I must have missed that in the mail. Um, and I know that we got at least three different mailings from the census, um, you know, the initial postcard and then a paper packet and then another postcard after that, I think, encouraging us to, to complete it. Um, and in fact, the, the most recent one of them came after we had already filled it out online, but I think, you know, just got crossed in timing in the mail. Um, so I know we got them, but of course I was, you know, watching for them and anxiously awaiting them having been doing work for the census, where others, I think it's easy for that to look maybe just like another, you know, piece of junk mail and might go straight in the recycling. Um, and so I think a lot of people didn't didn't catch it when it came and you know, encouraging people, hey, you don't have to have that. You can still go online and you can still complete your census. Um, you know, just go to census.gov and, and follow the steps. That's great. So as, I mean, as a teacher um, and a parent, but when you saw the sort of the toolkits that were developed that parents can now tap into, um, what did you think about like how those would help parents and what do you think parents will find there that they could, you know, it's pretty easy. You don't want people to feel intimidated by something called like a toolkit. Um, what do you think parents could really get out of that to with their kids? Well, I think if parents want to engage their kids about the census, it's, it's very easy to go on the website, grab an activity that's the right age range and pretty much immediately do it with your kids. Um, you know, like I said, some of them are, are pretty brief. Um, you know, just a few minutes, there's some great videos that explain the census and talk about, um, you know, why it's important, how to do it, but also talk about um, for the, you know, maybe higher end older kids, you know, some of the value of it in terms of federal funding or um, one that as a government teacher is my favorite is the, the great apportionment machine video that talks about <laughs> how the seats are divvied up in Congress. Um, you know, and that's something I always get to talk about in class when we're studying Congress and talk about the Constitution and the census and, you know, how each state gets their number of, of representatives. Uh, but I think that's also a really interesting topic for probably middle and high school and maybe elementary school students as well, because the number of members of Congress a state has determines how many electoral votes they get. And as we head into the presidential election this fall, that, you know, the Electoral College is always a topic of conversation um, and always something we're looking at. And that's a great opportunity to consider that. Um, when I was still in seeing my students face to face, one of the questions that I got this uh, this winter, you know, looking ahead to the November election was, well, is this census going to change how many votes states get for president? And, you know, the simple answer is not this year. It'll change it for 2024 right. because the results won't be tabulated in time for this year's, um, you know, election. But it was a very... Um, you know, meaningful firsthand thing for my my seniors, especially to look at, to say, hey, we're voting for the first time. Does this impact what happens now? Well, not yet, but it will. You know, that was really meaningful to them. Yeah, that's really important. I think people focus a lot on getting their kids to vote when they turn 18, which is super important, but nobody thinks about um, that number being affected. I don't know how many people realize that that number stays right? The overall number stays the same. So it's all going to be apportioned accordingly. I think, I don't know, you know, how many people remember their schoolhouse rock or their, <laughs> or their government class, but, um, 
it is interesting that that notion of of your representation and i think hopefully i think this generation of kids is is more tuned into that um than in the recent past maybe because of social media but maybe because they're also becoming um seemingly more politically active so it's an interesting way and hopefully and i guess parents would be educated too right because again we said like there are a lot of people who get the census thing and they're like what is this who cares or do i really have to fill it out one of the things that i really liked about all the lessons that we put together that were to be used in classrooms by teachers is they all ended with a home extension activity. Take this home and share this with a family member. It might be a question to ask. It might be discussing what the census is. It might be asking who's going to complete the census for our family. Uh, and I really liked that that was part of our approach in, um, you know, in sharing this information with students and helping students to share the information and educate their families. Um, they say, you know, the best way to learn something is to teach somebody else about it. I think it's a great way for our students to learn about the census if they take it home and teach their parents about it. That's also great for those parents who misplace the postcard or aren't aware of the deadline that, you know, when their son or daughter comes home from school and says, hey, this is something we need to do and it's really important. Let's do it. Um, it's kind of empowering for a student. Absolutely. I had one of my high school seniors um, in my government class this last fall who, when we talked about the census, said, yeah, I know my dad's not going to do it. You know, he's a you know, anti-establishment, oh, the government can't count me kind of guy or whatever. He said, but I'm 18. Can I do it? Yeah, absolutely. And so he planned to take the census for his family since he knew his parent wouldn't. See, this generation, they have it going on. <laughs> they do. They absolutely do. <laughs> and where can parents find these resources? So the website is census.gov slash schools, um, and that's where all of the activities for statistics in schools are housed. And um, it's got the, the teacher materials, but then it also has the parent toolkits that parents can access. Great. We'll put links to that on our show page for all the parents out there who, even if you've done the census, this stuff is cool. Like maybe you did the census and didn't even tell your kids you did it and didn't really think about it. But, you know, in 10 years, if you have a eight-year-old, you know, or higher, they're going to maybe be filling out that census for themselves, um, which is a crazy thought. I know when you have an eight-year-old to picture them being 18, but boy, that happens fast. So um, yeah, I, I really encourage parents to go check out all these materials um, and have a little, a little summer camp lesson one day on the census. <laughs> Thank you, Victoria. Thank you, Lem. This was so helpful. My pleasure. Yep. Thank you very much for having me today. And we will be right back with our Bites of the Week. Parents, you might feel like your kid's summer vacation started way early because you've been home together for a long time. But now it's actual summer vacation, for real. And learning doesn't have to stop for summer. In fact, it could be a really fun thing to do when you're designing your little at-home summer camp because we, this week, are sponsored by KiwiCo. KiwiCo can deliver science, art projects right to your door in this cool crate that comes right to your kid. My niece loved it. She coded. She built a little turtley guy. It was so much fun. And whose child doesn't love getting cool, hands-on projects delivered to their door? Every kid loves mail. I especially love mail, right? Now that it's coming right to your door and you have nothing else to look forward to. <laughs> so this is what we want you to do. We want you to go to kiwico.com slash parenting and you're going to get your first month free on select crates 
Again, that's KiwiCo slash parenting, K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash parenting. We are back with our Bites of the Week. Amy, what do you have? Well, I have one that is very appropriate for this episode. It is one of my, I'd say, top five West Wing episodes. It's Mr. Willis of Ohio, which is an episode from, oh gosh, like 1999, like first or second season. Uh, Oh, no, you know what? It's the first season, because if you know the show, you know that Mandy was only in the first season, and Mandy is in this episode. Um, So, But the great thing about the episode is you don't really have to know the show to watch it. It's one of those episodes without a whole lot of, like, character plots, and it's more government plot. So the entire episode almost is about the census. Oh, cool. And... Yeah, it's it's a great episode. And it's so funny because I would never like try to learn about something real from a fictional TV show. But after everything I've read about the census, they got it right. Like everything that I learned about it from West Wing was was pretty true. Um, They made some other mistakes like about Congress, but the stuff that they were saying about the census was right. And um, it's just a really great, entertaining episode. And it's funny because I remember hearing an interview with Aaron Sorkin about how he wrote that episode. Um, uh, Lawrence O'Donnell, who now has a show on MSNBC, he, he worked on West Wing for years. And he came into Aaron Sorkin's office one day and said, you know what's really interesting? The U.S. Census. And Aaron Sorkin was like, really? <laughs> Are you sure? But, like, there were really interesting things about it. So, anyway, they made this whole West Wing episode about it. It's a fantastic episode, and uh, we'll link to it on the website. Cool. We still need more things to binge. That's all good. Um, (laughs) Andrea, what do you have? So, a lot of people have been asking me about new computers and new laptops, because, as you can imagine, people are home, kids are home. People are sharing laptops, as you know, Amy. (laughs) And um, so I always recommend a Chromebook because they're not too expensive and you're going to use them in the house. Well, back in January, when Amy and I were at CES, Lenovo showed a Chromebook called the Chromebook Duet. And it's finally, finally, finally come out. And I have to tell you guys, this Chromebook is like my top of the list for recommendations. Hmm. It's $299, which is unbelievable. It's because Chromebooks have gotten so expensive lately. It's got a 10.1 inch screen. It looks really cool. It's got a like a an ice blue and, and gray um, keyboard cover. It's got tons of internal storage, 128 gigabytes. It's got dual cameras, so you can do online learning. Uh, Zoom chats if you're using it for business. Um, And of course, it runs on the Google Chrome operating system. So that means that any app or any anything that you run, it's got to go through um, the Google App Store, you won't necessarily be able to run a whole lot of um, Microsoft programs on it. If that's something you're used to for business, then a Chromebook probably isn't for you. But I like this one. And you know what, I'll link to the episode that we did with Avram Pilch, because um, he, you know, we talked a lot about the pluses and minuses of Chromebooks. There was a lot of good Chromebook information in that one. Oh, that's right. That's exactly right. That's good. Um, I I like this one because they're always kind of like, you used to think of a Chromebook as like a a low-powered secondary computer. And Lenovo's really pulled it together here. 
with um, solid performance. It's got about 10 to 12 hours of battery life. It's got a really nice display. I mean, it's a Chromebook, so the keyboard's going to still be a little bit small and um, multitasking isn't great because it's only a 10-inch screen. But here's the deal. At $299, when if you look at the Microsoft Surface Go, starts at $450 and you have to pay for that keyboard cover mm-hmm. that goes with it, another $129. So so if you've got a kid just clamoring for their own laptop or someone who's been working from home and really deserves their own device to work on, I definitely recommend checking out the Chromebook Duet. Nice. Very cool. All right. Uh, my bite this week is, like Amy, a TV show. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have been, I actually just finished watching all of them. Um, Taste of the Nation on Hulu, which is Padma Lakshmi's new show on her own, not Top Chef. It is so good. And it's sort of a pun on Face the Nation. Um, it's Taste the Nation instead. I think there are 10 episodes. She goes to a different part of America. And examines basically the immigrant cuisine and the immigrant experience in that area. It's so it is very much a story about how American food is immigrant food. Um, Mm -hmm. But also then the story of why that immigrant group settled and sort of became part of this area of America. And she goes, the first episode is in El Paso Texas and Juarez, Mexico, which is right over the border. And the two towns are interchangeable. People just go back and forth like all day, every day. Um, And it's incredible. And it's all about how, you know, the Mexican food is Texan food. It's just incredible. She does her own background in Jackson Heights and Queens with the Indian community. She grew up in Jackson Mm. Heights. Um, Then she does one. And this one blew my mind because Amy, I don't know if you ever went when you were at CES to Taste of Siam. No, I'm more of a, hey, there's a subway. Let's go there, person. So Vegas has the best Thai food. And I never knew why. I never even questioned it. I just, the first time I went, everyone was like, oh my God, you have to go get Thai food. And I was like, that is so weird. Um, It turns out there's this massive Thai community. um, And it was all Thai brides after like the war. And they married vets and they came back and settled in Vegas I guess there's a army something base um, near there. Huh. I mean, it's just fascinating. And so every episode is like that. Like she does Germans in Milwaukee. Like you're like, what, why, how's hmm. this thing? And um, so it's not just the food stories you've heard before where you're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but right. really cool. And then she'll meet with like the modern chefs who are kind of, you know, next generation or two generations that are reinterpreting that food. And it's so good. It's like such a necessary show right now about immigration and why it's important. And the, I mean, the first episode, the first one's heartbreaking um, because, you know, you see the impact of what's going on at the border. It's just like, Mm -hmm. and not like in terms of what we've seen in terms of, you know, the, horrible kids in cages but actually like just the people on the ground who have gone back and forth every day their whole life um who just commute back and forth for work and what that's become and i don't know it was just it's amazing and if you like food it's also amazing for food (laughs) um but yeah so that is my bite taste the nation it's on hulu 
Um, I think oh, that sounds have, so good. It's so good. And if you don't have Hulu, you could do like the free trial and get it because I would highly recommend. Highly, highly recommend. Um, but Hulu's good. Hulu has really good show. Hulu has the Golden Girls. Come on, just pay for it. <laughs> just cough it up for Hulu. Um, yeah, no, it's so good. So anyway, that is my bite that this week. You can find links to everything we talked about at our show page at parentingbites.com. Of course, on facebook.com slash parentingbites. You'll see links to the shows. You can leave us comments. You can give us ideas for new shows. Wherever you are listening to us now, please rate, review, subscribe, and share. Uh, we love having new audience members. We love from hearing all of you. And until next week, happy parenting and fill out your census. <laughs> Bye. 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 Have a good week. Hey, this is our Parenting Bites disclaimer. Everything we talk about on the show is our own opinion. Any products we recommend, it's our own personal recommendation for entertainment purposes only. If you buy something through our affiliate links or you just happen to buy or see or read or watch something that we've recommended, it's at your own risk.